Hello and welcome back to Life with Baby Doll. I'm Wynell. And I'm Paul. And we are excited to be back with you again this week. And also, we're excited because we want to kick off with celebrating. Uh, We have gone over the threshold of 150 downloads. So thank you to everybody for that. Uh, 27 countries, I believe it is. And 27? Nearly, yes. Wow. And nearly 70 cities. So we are excited wow. about reaching out across the globe. And today, uh, we've been choosing random topics, and hopefully it's kind of helped you to get to know us a bit more. But uh, we thought this week we would start a little bit of a mini-series. We're not even going to say how long it'll go. Maybe it'll be a couple. Maybe it'll be three, depending on how much reaction or feedback we get about people who would like us to continue with this subject. But we're going to talk today about boundaries. And specifically today, where do I end with my boundaries and others begin? Mm -hmm. Now, Paul, what do you think? That's an interesting topic, isn't it? interesting topic. Yeah. So um, obviously, we'd love you to, as you're listening, thinking about your own situation, and we would love for you to feed back to us, whether it be privately or on our social media pages when we post, What would you like to hear us talk more about after you hear our introduction today about boundaries? So, uh, first of all, we should, we wanted to ask a few questions. We're not necessarily going to answer these questions, are we, Paul? Nope. But we are going to just throw out some questions for you to maybe that you have thought about. Uh, When you get confronted about your boundaries or lack of (laughs) boundaries. So first of all, we're just going to read these questions off and then we're going to jump into really discussing today about where do I end and where do others begin. So we're going to kind of read these one and the other, right? So I'll start off. Can I set limits and still be a loving person? What are legitimate boundaries? What if someone is upset or hurt by my boundaries? How do I answer someone who wants my time, love, energy, or money? Why do I feel guilty or afraid when I consider setting boundaries? How do boundaries relate to mutual submission within marriage? Ooh, and aren't boundaries selfish? Well, these are some really good questions. And as we said, we're not about to answer all of these questions, but these are questions that are raised uh, and people are definitely confronted with when they're talking about setting uh, boundaries. So the next thing is, let's just kind of talk about me and not me and what are boundaries. So I just want to quickly give a little definition here. Boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. And a boundary shows me where I end and where someone else begins, which means that I'm then starting to lead myself into a sense of ownership. So, Paul, let's kind of discuss here. Taking responsibility for our life opens up a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I don't own my life, 
my choices and options become very limited. Would you like to elaborate maybe a little bit on that? Yeah, I think if 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 we don't recognize ourselves and own ourselves, like well, like a piece of property, right? And we set a boundary where people can come in, right, to, in, in, into our space. And I think if we're upfront with people and honest, uh, and they know how we function and what our boundaries are, they won't step over those boundaries. It's like when we talk about our, our, ourselves being property. If you look at a, if you look at a piece of land where your house is, you have a boundary. Yes. And people should not step over that boundary because once they do, what are they doing? They're invading your territory. They're invading your personal property. At least without permission, and, unless you have unless, given them. Absolutely. If you give, if you, and the, and the same with ourselves as human beings. If we give people permission to step into our situation, that's different. Right. But so often, it's so, it's, it's so much easier to say yes than no. Right. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But first of all, let's just say we do have to deal with what is in our soul and boundaries help us define what that really is. And so basically, um, babe, you've discussed, discussed and highlighted a few things that we're going to bring out a little bit more. Uh, but if we're not shown the perimeters or we're not or we're taught the wrong perimeters we are in for a lot of pain so we need to be uh, really defining what we are responsible for and that's what boundaries help us define uh what to do what's not on our property and what we are not responsible for now i want to bring out something that is really really important here and this might i don't know raise some I don't know, it might ruffle some feathers, but we really, well, not even we are really, we are not responsible for other people. Nowhere are we commanded to have other control, but we do spend a lot of time and energy trying to get it. What we, do you, <laughs> <laughs> we do, and you and I have this uh, little joke between us sometimes when we, when I may pass a comment about someone and the, and their attitude and their actions, and you say to me, uh, "Baby doll, it's not my day to watch them." Exactly right, and uh, it's. It, it, I know it's a fun thing between you and I, but it is absolutely true. We are not responsible. Yeah, and I think where we probably are guilty, all of us have done it, we're guilty of bringing on pain on ourselves because if it's not on our property, we're mm -hmm. not responsible for it. Now, that does not mean we can't, we, we need to really be, you know, well, let's throw this out there. It doesn't mean you can't care. It doesn't mean that you can't say a prayer for them or love on them or check on them. But what we do have to really get in our heads, we are not responsible for other people. We are not commanded to have control over others, but it is interesting that we do spend a lot of time and energy trying to get that control. Hmm. We should, because uh, we are commanded to do this, we should love one another. Exactly, but and not run them. Not exactly. It, it's knowing that boundary, okay? You know the many occasions when... Uh, when when when, there, when I've said to you before now, I love them, but I don't necessarily like what they're doing. Yeah. But it's not my responsibility 
to worry about what they are doing. It's their that's their own responsibility. Yeah, and I think we would save a lot of heartache yep. if we would stop meddling, which basically this is what they're telling us to do. Stop meddling in other people's lives. So let's kind of break this down and then I'm going to read a little example here. In short, what we're saying is obviously boundaries are not walls. We are to be in community with people, but in every community, all members have their own space and their own property. So the important thing is that the property lines be permeable enough so that we allow the passing, so that like you were talking about, that we do give permissions, Mm -hmm. but strong enough to keep out of danger. So I want to give you a little bit of an example here. Often when people are abused, when they're growing up, they reverse the function of boundaries by keeping the bad in and the good out. So let me read you this little story. Um, And this is just choosing a name. Mary's growing up. She suffered abuse from her father. She was not encouraged to develop good boundaries. As a result, she would close herself off, hold the pain inside, and would not open up to express that hurt and get it off of her chest and out of her soul. She also wouldn't open up to allow support from the outside in to be able to heal her. So in essence, what she would continually do is just allow people to dump more pain on her. And consequently, when she then went for help, she was carrying a lot of pain, still being abused, but had walled herself off from the support from the outside. So people that are in this situation have to learn to reverse the boundaries by fences that are strong enough to keep the bad out and then to be able to have the gates, right, to allow the good in. And I think this is where we really need to work on, right, is that um, we are, we need those fences, but we also need the gates and so that we can let the good in of what we really need. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think there, Paul? Well, one of the one of the key points there that I'll make, and you know, I've been meeting with some of my guys on a Thursday night to talk about boundaries. And one of the one of the things that I highlighted to them again last night was a lot of this of boundary setting also uh, reflects on our circle of influence because we 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 can decide who we let in to our into our property. Okay, we're talking about ourselves here and who we don't. And sometimes we don't differentiate. And like you said, we let all the junk come in. And we, do, we, we don't let any any good come into us. So all, all that we see all the time is bad and just burden. So basically, it, you know, it's it, we're talking about people that have been hurt. And, you know, we've all been hurt by different things. Instead of build, instead of putting boundaries to get healed from those hurts, we build walls. And so by building walls, not only do we not let the bad out so that we can get healing, yep. we've walled ourselves in so to speak, to where now we can't even let the good in. So I I don't know. I hope you're following this, but it really does ring bells even, you know, thinking about myself, about the fact that, you know, there's just times to where that we don't understand that 
there is the the bad that we need to get out, but then there's the good that we need to let in. So you could apply this to lots of situations. Mm-hmm. All right, we're just going to highlight a few other things. That's just a kind of an example because we're just kind of talking about boundaries and where we end and where others begin. Let's talk about words. So um, in the physical world, uh, a fence or some kind of a structure like that um, puts or sets up a boundary, doesn't it? Now, in our world, possibly with feelings and all, and we're, we're talking about us emotionally, the fences would be invisible. Mm-hmm. But you can still create, I like this, and I hope we can really elaborate on this, you can still create good protective fences with your words. Exactly. So we're going to talk about a special word here. The most basic boundary setting word. What do you think that is, guys? If you answer this correctly, then well done. You get a prize. The most basic one is no. No. Okay. It lets others know that you exist apart from them and that you are in control of you. Being clear about your no and your yes is something that we really want to focus on. So I just want to talk about that word, no. I think a lot of times the reason that people don't want to use it is no is really a confrontational word, isn't it? I mean, you know, um, we need to be able to say to people that we love, hey, no, that behavior is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I am not going to participate in that. We also need to understand that the word no is very important on setting limits for abuse. I mean, uh, when you think about it, this is the problem that we were just reading about the little story um, where we are um, saying no, uh, not learning to say no to others and to their abuse. Now, for those of you You know, we have told you that we are Christians. We believe in the Bible. For those of you that believe in the Bible, maybe some of you who don't, but I just want to point out here that for those of you that are Christians, can I just say that even the Bible in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, warns us of giving to others reluctantly or under compulsion. So in other words, where we are allowing them to overtake us. So people with poor boundaries struggle saying no to control, to pressure, to demands, and sometimes even the real needs of others. And they feel if they say no to someone, they're going to put that relationship in danger. But really, um, we also need to recognize that if a person is pressuring you to do something um, or the pressure comes from your own sense of feeling like, oh, I'm, I've got to do this because it's my mm-hmm. friend. If you can't say no to this external inside pressure, you've lost control of your property and you're not really enjoying the self-control that you should have. Yeah. And uh, we talked about this. Uh, I talked about this with the guys last night, the no and the yes it's easier to say yes than no. And sometimes we create these boundary problems by uh, someone asks us if we can do something. And we already know before the word yes comes out of our mouth that it's going to be a no. 
All right. Because instead of setting that boundary and saying, listen, guys, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I don't have the time. I won't be available. We and I use the word foolishly, forgive me, but foolishly, sometimes we say yes to keep the peace. Yeah. And then people say, oh, well, yeah, you know, and then what happens is uh, they let me down. They said yes. And when they should have said no, and so, and that's because we don't learn to set up. But you know, I often talk about this yes no situation, don't we? When we when we're going to yeah. do when we're going to do things together, this is something else that just just what just dropped in here. Whenever we do, are going to do something, we don't just say yes without consulting the other one. We always ninety nine point nine percent of the time will consult each other. Is this a yes or is it a no? Exactly. That way, we are setting our boundaries as a married couple about as to what we're going to do and who we're going to do it with and for and why. And then that way, uh, that's how you le- live uh, a sweet baby doll life. Absolutely. <laughs> so you know, your words define your property for others. As you learn to communicate your real feelings, your real intentions or dislikes. Now, it is difficult for people to know where you stand when you don't use your words to define your property. So, um, you know, I will do this. I will not do that. I like this. No, I don't really uh, like that. That's not something I enjoy doing. Your words let people know where you stand and then gives them the sense of what your edges are or where, how far you're willing to go. So, um, you know, if you say to someone, I do not like it when you yell at me. Yeah. So you're giving a clear message about how that you conduct your relationships and lets them know, okay, that's the rules of your property. Absolutely. You know, uh, again, it's when, you know, uh, most of us in life have an agenda, don't we? What we're going to do during the day and during the evening and what we're going to do that week. When people know your boundaries, they will stop trying to control your agenda. Okay. Yeah. So, for instance, sometimes I can chase people all day one in business or, uh, or whatever or social, and I don't hear back. And so a certain time of the evening comes and I say, okay, that's it. We're closed for the night. Now we'll reopen again at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. The next thing you know, an hour later, this person pops up and wants their answer there and then. But they've waited all day because they were on their agenda. Yeah. Right? And what they really want to do is they just want to be on their agenda and control your agenda. That is when boundaries come in and people soon begin to learn if I don't respond by such and such a time, I'm now going to have to wait until the next working day before I get that response. Absolutely. So I think these are just examples that we're trying to show you. So that's examples of what you can do with your words by setting your boundaries. Uh, let's talk about geographical distance. Now, this is going to be just a, a quick little example. We're all, uh, obviously, today, we're just trying to give you some highlights of things. Talking about geographical distance, all right? Now... Um, one of the things that you can do is learn to physically remove yourself from a situation that helps maintain boundaries. And this can be done to help you replenish yourself physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. 
Um, you might even need to remove yourself and get away from something that is a, a dangerous situation because you need to learn. You have to learn to remove yourself from a situation which will then cause the person who's left behind to experience a loss of fellowship because they understood that you weren't going to partake in that. So let me give another example here. When a relationship is abusive, many times the only way you can show the other person that your boundaries are real is you create space until they are ready to deal with the problem. So I think the point here is we we must not be afraid, especially if you're in abusive, you know, friendships can be abusive with words, mm-hmm. with your time, with your, you know, constantly putting demands on you. Your family can do that to you. Even our own spouses sometimes can yep. be guilty of that. And sometimes when we feel like that we are definitely being abused verbally or physically or emotionally, we need to learn to put a little space there and let them know this is not okay, mm-hmm. right? This is not acceptable. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Sorry, I just had to I swallow there for a minute. I think it's really important that people understand you have to be the one that perhaps says, that's it, I need, I need to create some space yeah. here. Yeah, we, we we need some time out. Yes, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll come back later and, and look at the situation. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. So often, uh, as you know, in, in some of the work that we do, we hear uh, crazy situations where people should have said no instead of yes, and we need space, and they don't, and they they just feel they they become uh, in some ways emotionally blackmailed. To, to stay that course, to stay in that abusive situation, to stay in that situation that is doing them no good but just bringing harm to them. And then the longer it goes on, as we've experienced with people that we talk to, the harder it becomes to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. All right. So geographically, and we're about to wrap this up with our last one here. Geographically, obviously, you can literally put some space between you where you don't see each other for a while to make a point. And then emotional distance. We're going to close with this one today. Emotional distance is a temporary boundary to give your heart the space it needs to be safe. It's never obviously a permanent way of living. So again, using this example of people who've been in abusive relationships, you need to find a place to sort of like thaw out emotionally where you can think. Uh, Even sometimes in abusive marriages, the abused spouse needs to keep emotional distance until the abusive partner begins to face up to his or her problems and becomes trustworthy again. But you cannot, let me just really say this to some people out there, if you're struggling with emotional abuse, let me just say this to you. You cannot continue to set yourself up for hurt and disappointment. If you have been in an abusive relationship, you need to wait till it's safe and until real patterns of change have been demonstrated before you go back. Because I do want to say here, a lot of people are too quick 
to return in the name of forgiveness instead of making sure, again, I want to just say, even if you're one of uh, that person that is a Christian like we are and you believe in the Bible, the Bible says even in Luke 3, 8, fruit in keeping with repentance, which means that you need to not just go back immediately because someone says, I forgive you or um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you need to make sure that they are now producing the fruit that goes with that asking forgiveness. So you cannot just continually keep opening yourself up emotionally to an abusive or addictive person without seeing true change. Otherwise, then it is foolish. It is. And so you forgive. Okay, let me be really clear. Forgive, but guard your heart Mm -hmm. until you see sustained and true change. Well, now listen. This is this has been a deep subject, hasn't it, babe? I mean, it's, it, it's been a deep subject, but one that so often we put off. Uh, I agree. I don't say you and I, but people do put off talking about because uh, they, for some people, don't see any way forward. And sometimes you need time to step back, draw that boundary around around your property, your personal property, yourself, your body. Okay, and particularly your heart and see things from a different perspective. And when you start to look at it in a different perspective, you think, wow. And all I want to see people live is a happy, fulfilled life and contentment so that they can live in joy and peace. Amen. Well, um, I just wanted to say that obviously if um, this is really spoken to you and you would like to see us talk more about this. Obviously, there are lots that we can talk about. We can um, talk about uh, boundaries and family, boundaries and friends, boundaries and spouse and children, work, even boundaries in the digital age, um, how to develop healthy boundaries. If you'd like us to see to see us continue along these lines, we definitely want to do it again next week, but um, we don't know if we'll do it two, three, or four times, as we said. But hey, hearing your feedback helps to guide us. What would you like to hear more about on this particular subject about boundaries? Well, we hope this has helped you. Uh, Please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, We obviously would love to share and help uh, if they have any questions. Absolutely. Just write to us and we will do all that we can to bring light and hope into the situation. Absolutely. So there you have it. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to us again. And we're back next week. Okay. See you later. Goodbye. Have a great week. Bye-bye.